0: You're listening to For Eternity and Until, where together we uncover how to bring heaven to earth in our everyday choices and live the life we were created for. I'm your host, Tori May Hine, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's get this party started. All right, so I'm going to take a different approach to today's episode to pull out some new things that I'm learning about neurobiology. Neurobiology. <laughs> which even just saying that out loud actually kind of makes me chuckle because do I know a lot about neuroscience? No. Um, I've got about a four-year-old level understanding of neuroscience, but I've been reading a lot about it. And because I know and love God's word so much, it immediately begins creating this curiosity in me about the way God has designed our bodies and the effect of our culture on our mind, our body, our heart, and our soul, and what it looks like to walk forward in obedience, to honor our limitations of our human bodies that we exist in, and to wholly experience God in all of the ways that he has designed us to experience him. And learning more about neuroscience has opened this whole doorway to explore for me about the new ways that I can honor and glorify and worship God with my body. And I'm gonna share those things with you today. So buckle up, especially for you who are listening to this podcast, and the holidays excite you and you love this season but also kind of stress you out. Um <laughs> this is this is me. Okay, I'm just going to go out there and just be as honest as possible with you all that celebration is hard for me. I think you've May or may not have heard it before in that previous episode we did earlier in the season about celebration when we had Nicole on, who wrote the book, What If It's Wonderful, all about the psychology behind celebration, why it's hard, why it's such an important practice in our lives. Um, but when it comes to the holiday season, I'm already pretty busy as. I normally am in my everyday life. But when you're a business owner in the holidays, things tend to increase with sales and various other pressures. And then when I'm adding on layers like traveling and gifts and the emotional spirals that often happen around the holidays, not just for myself, but also for the people around me, the holidays come with a lot of pressure and a lot of family, which subsequently comes with a lot of crazy emotional dynamics. And as much as we love the holidays and love this time of connection, the enemy does come to steal and kill and destroy our joy in this time of year by distracting us from the real purpose of what we're celebrating. Commercialism has come in to create all of these pressures to Uh, you know, grow to a certain expectation and set a standard of excellence. And it's got to be aesthetic and Instagrammable and blah, 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 blah. And it makes it stressful. Okay. So you may be listening to this podcast, not during the holiday season, um, but we're mid November right now at the time of this recording. And you can kind of apply this to any season of life, but, um, When you are adding in extra factors on top of the stressors that are already existing in your mind and your body and your heart and your soul, then your window of tolerance decreases. Let's talk about what window of tolerance is really quick. I'm gonna do my best to describe it to you, but I will say you could just do a simple Google search and find so much information if you wanna look further by somebody who is more uh, well-versed in these neurological, psychological terms but the concept of window of tolerance was developed by Dr. Dan Siegel. And it's essentially describing this optimal zone for, quote, arousal for a person to function in everyday life. That's what I read on the internet, all right? What this means is there is a state of existence for you with navigating all the stress in your life where you remain connected emotionally and relationally with the world around you And you can cope with the things that are coming your way. And for people who have experienced severe trauma in their story, brokenness in their story, or are in a season of extreme stress, then that window of tolerance actually grows much smaller. This is something that I learned recently that gave me a lot of Con- like it language almost to describe what happens in different seasons when the circumstances and the stressors around me kind of close in on me to make normal everyday existence just a little bit harder like thinking about the season when my daughter was 2 years old and younger Every single time we got in the car, she would scream. It did not matter where we were going. It did not matter how long we were in the car. I would turn that ignition on and my sweet little Amara would scream her brains out until we got to wherever we were. And I tried all these different coping mechanisms and whatever, and maybe I didn't do it right. Maybe I failed in some way, but nonetheless, um, it was persistent for the first two years of her life. And it created so much stress and anxiety around travel. Now, for someone like me, who's like, get her done, push through it. Nothing's going to stop me. Did that stop me? No. Instead, what it did was it actually um, triggered a part of my story where I was like, I'm going to prove to the world that I'm not going to be held back by this daughter of mine who has this small window of tolerance. Obviously, She needed a different rhythm of life. She needed a little bit more care from me and and attentiveness to when we were in the car. Um, She did not like to travel, and I did. And I'm like, girl, you're not going to slow me down. I can look back on some of that and go, there was actually a little bit of health in that I was not allowing the extreme emotional responses that she would give to me to dictate our entire family. I think she learned a lot in that process by being challenged in it, and as did I. But there are plenty of memories that I have in that period of time, some of which that I have shared with you guys here personally in this podcast, where I reflect and go, gosh, I was really working from a place of stress 90% of that season. At, simultaneous to this, I was also growing a online business where every little free moment and nook and cranny in my day was spent texting someone, emailing someone, responding to, to something that was on Instagram or whatever, while I'm dealing with this child that screamed the majority of the time, I'm barely eating, I'm barely showering, I'm barely existing, I'm definitely not prioritizing things like rest or mindfulness i'm just like get it done get it done get it done get it done and um it meant that my window of tolerance was actually really small but because my default in my personality and the agreement that i made in my story was that i could not be seen as weak and i could not be seen as out of control and i needed to prove that i was worthy by working harder then I dealt with this window of tolerance by living in a constant state of hyper arousal. And this is defined as when you're in this state outside of your window of tolerance, when you are anxious, when you are angry, when you are out of control, when you're overwhelmed, when your body wants to literally run or fight <laughs> and it's this is not something that you actually choose it's reactions that happen neurologically in your mind as a response to stress so this is the classic fight flight or freeze response to the things that are happening to you my other friends who were experiencing some of the same stressors as me had a different response. They didn't go into hyperarousal when their child was stressed out or freaking out. They didn't spend every nook and cranny in their day um, building a business and, and all these other things. Instead, this small window of tolerance actually moved them to hypo arousal. Where you're spacey, you're zoned out, you're numb, you're frozen, your body wants to shut down. You want to turn on Netflix and pour an extra glass of wine and detach from the world. Again, this zoned out, numb, frozen feeling is a stress response neurologically. It's not something that's wrong with you. And when stress and trauma shrink your window of tolerance, it doesn't take a lot to throw you off balance, whether you are locked into hyper arousal or hypo arousal. But working with a a practitioner or starting to get honest to process some of these emotions that you're experiencing in your body can help expand that window of tolerance back to a place of health where you can deal with normal everyday life without being totally locked into hyper stress mode or completely dysregulated and disassociated in hypo arousal. Okay, how did I do? Did I did I explain this to you? Well, now the reason why I'm bringing this up is because as moms who are navigating a lot of different um, things in their life and as business owners, women in general, ambitious women of faith, many of you are, fit this mold who are listening to this. You begin experiencing um, shame and guilt and frustration when you experience these hyper arousal or hypo arousal symptoms. Like when you are hyper aroused, you get angry, you get fearful, anxious, emotionally overwhelmed. You may even move into panic. Your muscles will tense up and you might even just kind of freeze in your tracks And we often go, oh, my gosh, what's wrong with me? There's something wrong with me. And then if we're also adding in some of these, um, you know, factors like our spiritual life, we go, oh, I guess I didn't pray enough or I guess I didn't do something enough. And so there must be something wrong with me, which is such a lie from the enemy. Honestly, like, why do we go there? But we do we begin going back to those agreements in our story that have you know set the theme in our life where the enemy has come to steal and kill and destroy and distract you from the truth of god's word we default there thinking that something is wrong or we didn't do enough of something and so you know we must not have this whole life in christ (laughs) or you're in hypo arousal and you're depressed or you're numb or you're feeling empty and you're disassociated and you're also wondering is god real and you're you're triggered and you're in a constant state of fear And you're also responding by going, what is wrong with me? And what am I doing wrong? When the reality is that Jesus, Holy Spirit, the Father, this Trinity God that we serve has designed our bodies so beautifully and so good to help us navigate with the world around us. And there's nothing wrong with us. It's just there's parts of us that need the healing touch of God and needs the practices that he has commanded in his word for us to walk out that is much less of a religious duty and much more for our our heart, our soul, our mind, and our body's health and peace and restoration. I think of myself in that season of my constant hyper arousal and everybody around me was actually praising um Things that were extremely unhealthy for me in my life, they were praising the fact that I was going to the gym and growing this incredible business, and I've got rock solid abs, and my kids aren't aren't you know holding me back and all this stuff, but I'm laying in bed at night, barely able to sleep because my mind is reeling and my heart is racing, and I didn't know how to rest, and I was anxious and Um, playing the part on the outside, but on the inside, really kind of crumbling and wondering, when will I be able to do enough to earn a place of belonging and worth that is deeply rooted enough to where it can't be shaken by my circumstances? Um, And in other seasons where I've witnessed friends that tap more into the hypo arousal and they fall into deep pits of just depression and numb and disassociated where it feels safer actually to disengage in their life it's the same thing we we don't praise that side of the regulation (laughs) in the window of tolerance thing um as profoundly as we do with the hyper arousal, but none of us really stop to think like, hey, are we being motivated by something that is pure and good? Is this obedience and is this wholeness in our mind and our body and our heart? And if not, then we have to follow the pathway back to a place of health and wholeness. And that's what I want to talk to you about today, especially in light of The holiday season because if you're already living in a season where you've got young kids and a lot of stressors and lots of things on your to-do list, you're navigating with family members that trigger parts of your story that cause you to spiral a little bit, you have to come into the holiday season with a defense ready so that um, you are not blindsided by your hyper or hypo arousal responses, but you actually know how to walk into this place contending in your mind, body, heart, and soul without just defaulting to wondering if there's something wrong with you. That's my goal for this podcast episode. All right. So let's dive in. We'll get back to the episode in just a second, but I want to take this moment to share with you about an incredible child discipleship resource called Talk About. It's created by Awana and it takes the guesswork out of having deeper conversations with your kids about their faith. They send everything to your email and they always include something to read, something to color, something to write, something to create. They even create these beautiful songs that make memorizing the Bible super simple and fun. My kids love them. If you want to learn more about it, then just go to www.talkaboutdiscipleship.com. You can follow the link in the caption below. Use the code ALL CAPS ETERNITY for one month free. All right, back to the episode. Stress is the switch that turns us on to lead us to either that hyper-aroused or hypo-aroused state instead of existing within this window of tolerance. And I'll talk a little bit more about the window of tolerance at the end and how we grow that window of tolerance because if we're being triggered by every little small thing that happens in our life, then there there is greater amount of healing that needs to happen there. But for the majority of us who still have brokenness in our story, we still have things that we're dealing with, random stresses that we're navigating in our life, we do have to have language around this and know what is happening in our physical body rather than just defaulting to believing that there's just something wrong with us. And if we just pray hard enough, it's gonna go away, okay? God has given us a brain, a beautiful brain that responds to the things that we experience in our life And we can honor him in understanding how our brain works. So stress takes three stages. The first is alarm, and the second is resistance, and the third is exhaustion. When we experience something that is stressful... Um, Whether it is uh, something that somebody says or something that goes wrong (laughs) on Thanksgiving day when you're cooking the turkey and you burn it or something, you know, or somebody says something that causes a weird and uncomfortable um, relationship conversation around the dinner table or maybe a stress that happens at work or a behavioral issue with your children or a two-year-old screaming in the car for two whole years. What happens is that stress will trigger the brain to turn on the amygdala, which signals to another region in the brain called the hypothalamus. And the hypothalamus functions like the brain's command center. And uh, it transports information to the rest of the body and to the nervous system. And when the hypothalamus activates, it turns on your sympathetic nervous system and your adrenal glands respond by creating a hormone called adrenaline. Most of us know that. It's like if your heart is pumping really hard and you're fast breathing and your your palms start to stress and there's an increased alertness, the body's complex response is known as that classic, are you going to fight? Are you going to flight? Are you going to freeze? Response to the way that our God has designed our brains to work. So we experience the stressor, we feel it in our body. And the second stage is resistance, where we're trying to navigate through it, right? So your body is engaged, there's something bad going on, or something dangerous, or so we think, or so our brain has been Formed to believe that something dangerous is happening. And your body will turn on the parasympathetic nervous system in order to kind of pump the brakes a little bit and get you to calm down. Um, but if you still feel unsafe, if there's still this uncertainty and you're kind of going back and forth between these two places, you're going to experience Poor concentration, irritability, frustration, and the only way that you can move out of that is by completing the stress cycle. If you do not, then you will move to that third stage where you are in total exhaustion mode. This is when you are in crazy burnout. You are experiencing fatigue. You're depressed. You're anxious. Um, where your sleep is disturbed. Your heart increases. Maybe stomach aches. Like. Bad stomach aches and even diarrhea or digestive issues can actually come as a result of your nervous system being totally dysregulated. And when we just default to going oh, you know, there's something wrong with my body or we are we are removing ourselves from the physical sensation in our body to only focus on, gosh, what am I thinking? Or, you know, what do I need in my spirit? We think heart, soul, mind before we think body. But our God has uniquely created us in his image to give us these warning signs that there's something that is needed to be tended to in our physical bodies, as well as our heart, soul, and mind. So, we need a plan of action that will defend us from constantly staying in this place of resistance where our parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system is. Always on and off and on and off and on and off. When we get turned on and we're either in that hyper arousal or that hypo arousal state, to have the mindfulness and the language so that we can come back to a place of wholeness faster than we did the last time. Honestly, you're never going, this is never going to be perfect. You are a human being and you're created by God to experience these physiological experiences in your body, okay? And they're actually there for a purpose and we don't need to shame ourselves for experiencing it. But there are also beautiful uh, rhythms that are woven into the everyday fabric of our spiritual formation that God has commanded us in his word to participate in that actually helps us close the stress cycle. So I'm going to talk about those. I'm actually just going to list them off for you here really quick, and then we'll break them down one by one about how these things can be seen in our spiritual formation practices. Here are some things that you can do to help you complete the stress cycle in your body. The first is physical activity. The second is creativity, laughing, crying, physical affection, deep breathing, and rest. All right, so I'm going to get more for less type of gal. So instead of going into all of the different spiritual formation practices, let's just focus in on one of them and how this one spiritually formative practice that God has called us to do actually embodies all of the things that I just listed above to help us process stress in the body. Can you take a guess? It is honoring the Sabbath. I want you to think for a second about how if you honor the Sabbath, which is taking one day out of every week, to lay down your work, what you traditionally do for work, and not even just laying down work, but laying down even thinking about work, to choose a day where you intentionally set it aside to worship God, to give rest to your body, to engage with joy, and to stop, stop and resist the constant hustle mode of the world around us, to devote one day of the week to God. I mean, this is a pretty radical thing in our day and age because everything should be open 24-7, right? And it's not a regular rhythm in our culture whatsoever. In fact, what our culture teaches us is that we have to work to earn Sabbath. So we have to work hard to earn that vacation and escape from the world when God is like, actually, I've I've created you with a need for a regular rhythm in your week to devote one day a week to Enter into the rest that was already won for you by Jesus on the cross. I mean, it's really that simple. It's going, instead of waiting for vacation day, (laughs) instead of waiting for the special, most profound moment, which is honestly what the holidays end up being most of the time, to bring it back to the holidays, is we're waiting for Christmas to come, where we rest, where we hang out with each other, where we feast, where we, and the pressure comes with it to make it all this big old thing. Instead it should just be a regular weekly rhythm where it's the way that you live your life. And in honoring the Sabbath, having a day where you're worshiping God and resting your body and engaging with joy and stopping from work, you actually do all of the above things that I just listed that psychologists have now now have data help you process stress in the body. Things like, let's take physical activity, First, if you're engaging your body in worship, lifting your hands and moving your body or dancing, getting your heart rate up a little bit, that actually helps you process stress in the body. Yes, you could absolutely go hiking or swimming or lift some weights or go on a walk. That's also fantastic too. But if you're if you're just taking it into consideration of how the spiritual formation practice of Sabbath actually helps you do this. That's already built into the worship service. And it was from the very beginning in Old Testament times, a time to um, dance, a time to sing, which um, singing requires deeper breath work where you're breathing deeply in and you're exhaling and you're singing a song for four seconds or so. And you actually choosing to deep breath in and exhale and sing out, whether or not you really know how to sing or not is completely beside the point. I don't care what the joyful noise sounds like. But you taking that deep breath in and letting out a song of praise actually increases Um, your ability to process stress in the body by that deep breathing. Of course, you could also pause in your church services with contemplative prayer. Deep four-second breath in and exhale four-second breath out. Inhale in for four seconds, hold it for four seconds, and exhale out for four seconds. That helps to regulate your nervous system as well. Um, other things that happen in church or in the Sabbath is if you are intentionally setting aside one day of the week to lay down work and to choose to do something that you really delight in that, um, you're doing that is creative, like gardening or cooking or writing or drawing, creating something. This actually helps you process stress in the body and it's something that you should you know, prioritize weekly to do just out of the simple delight of being alive and having the ability to create. You were created by God to create. That's a previous episode. You can look it up, which is so wonderful with Morgan Barr. She talks all about how the it's necessary for us to hear from God. Um, one of the greatest tools that we can do a more intentional job of listening to God is by practicing creativity and however he's designed you to be creative. Um, and there's it's so much more than just the art forms like dancing or singing or painting. Like it said here, gardening or cooking or problem solving or whatever, detaching from the regular rhythm of your work life to engage in creativity will help you process that stress. Laughter. At the beginning of this year, I decided I was going to read through the Bible chronologically with my mom. I was as consistent as I possibly could be with physically reading my Bible, but there were weeks where I legitimately did not have the space in my schedule to do it. So I started looking for solutions where I could listen to my reading for the day when I couldn't physically read it. Now, most audio Bibles are very difficult to listen to. They're boring and they're not engaging, but when I found the Dwell Bible app, I was so impressed. Rest. You can customize the voices, and each voice is a different translation of the Bible, and it's set to this beautiful background music. There's lots of controls where you can customize it and make it engaging for you to listen to, especially for those of you who are auditory learners like me who love podcasts. I have a special promo code in the show notes that gives you 10% off if you're purchasing for a year and 30% off if you're purchasing for a lifetime. You got to go click the link. You got to check it out. Give it a shot and revamp the way that you engage in God's word with the Dwell Bible app. All right, let's get back to today's episode. Laughter is one of the most powerful tools in processing stress in the body. I just want you to think right now, if you've had a really, really stressful day and then something really funny happens towards the very end of your work day or something, and you just belly laugh, like deep, deep belly laugh, think about how you feel in your body after you've done one minute of laughing. And not just sympathy, laughter, but deep, real, oh my gosh, that caught me off guard. That was so good laughter. Now... This is really a lot harder to pull off when it comes to like, oh, I'm going to laugh now. Like I actually have to experience something really funny in order to deep belly laugh. But when you're communing with other people that you love and that are also full of the joy of the Lord, you know, your Sabbath should involve worship and feasting around a table with people that you love and you enjoy. And that laughter actually helps you process the stress in your body. Another one is crying. I joke and go, I can't wear my, you know, nice vegan mascara at church because almost every time that I go to church and I'm really, I'm carrying in what I've navigated through throughout the whole week and what I'm bearing for the sake of other people. And I actually do need to release that stress in my body through the form of crying. And when you suppress tears, you're actually stopping yourself from a natural part of your recovery process. Whoever told you that crying was weak or that you need to wipe those tears and go, I'm so sorry, I shouldn't be crying, I'm so sorry, that's always usually people's responses. Um, stop yourself the next time and instead thank God that he's created you with a good body that knows how to regulate itself and it's created to cry. Crying is a really essential essential part of that process which again is kind of woven into your Sabbath practice. Um, next is physical affection. Things like hugs. Um, I, I serve in the prayer church, a prayer service at church and um it amazes me how many people come up who need prayer yes but the deeper work that happens is just me saying hey can i give you a hug and holding a long like 20 second or longer hug while i'm praying for that person i feel their body physically release and it's actually scientific they they have been able to you know measure what happens in the body and how the hormones change in our body when we are hugged. <laughs> it sounds so silly, but it's not. It releases oxytocin in the body, which is nicknamed the cuddle hormone. Um, and this can actually also be released when you're cuddling a, a pet, which is the reason why people with various mental health um, dysregulation issues love being around horses or, you know, dogs uh, you can also improve uh, physical affection through um, massage or, you know, rubbing on the back of the chest or in just a deep embrace. And I'm also going to add this in there for you, married crew out there, is that sexual intimacy helps process stress in the body when it's done in a place of safety and unity. Um, I do not recommend you coming to home from a crazy stressful time of, you know, existence, whether even for you, if it's like work or even if it's kid life and you're just thinking, all right, do the duty in the bedroom or whatever. um, I'm saying all these things need to happen first. The breath work, the crying, the deep rooted connection, the intimacy, the honesty, the confession. It actually says in James, confess your sin with one another and pray with one another so that you could be healed. When this place of safety has been established and when you've gone through the whole process of completing the stress cycles in the body, a great way to breed further intimacy and connection with your spouse is, yeah, through sexual intimacy. And when it's done in that place of safety and love, it can create wonderful rhythms in your week. To help process stress in the body, like many of the scholars that I read, um, when they're listing off the things to prioritize in your Sabbath practice, sex is always on the list if you're married. It needs to be the regular day of the week where it's not, you're not letting months go by, where you're not connecting and having unity with one another. But when you're regularly processing the stress in the body, then sexual intimacy and, um, You know, deep-rooted unity and connection with your spouse is a whole lot easier when you're not stressed out all the time, right? Do you see how all of these things work together to create deeper levels of intimacy and unity in your heart and your mind and your soul? Um, And the last thing is rest. Getting enough rest, including an entire night's sleep, can ensure that your body will recover from stressful events, It's important that you get at least seven to nine hours of sleep every single day. You are not a robot. You have to rest. And rest is not lazy. Rest is also not a reward. Rest is essential if you want to live a grounded, connected, whole, happy, joyful, abundant life. Now, for those of you who have infants, I understand the struggle yet again, but what does it look like to approach life in this season with care and generosity and gentleness and love? Because this is a season that is extremely hard and when something as simple as your sleep is robbed from you, it literally affects every other thing in your life. And it is a spiritual practice to sleep. I wonder if my husband is going to be listening to this podcast because ever since the very beginning of our relationship, he's always like, go to sleep. You can rest, Tori. You can sleep. He actually... Uh, I just found this in a box earlier this week because so I'm going through a few things in our house because, hey, one of the one of the stress-completing practices in my life is actually organizing and cleaning, and it involves breathing and physical movement and mindfulness, and I have the reward of cleaning my house at the very end of it. Whatever. Okay, that's beside the point. Um, but I found this CD that he had recorded for me of songs that would help me fall asleep that he gave me in high school. This has always been something that I've struggled with because I, my default is so hyperactive mode. It's so can't sleep, got to get things done, got to be more productive, got to prove myself even from a young age. And so now me coming to the other side of recognizing sleep is not something to avoid. I'm not wasting time by sleeping. Sleeping is an investment in my heart and my mind and my soul and my body so I can live a fully awake life when I am awake. I can be intentional. I can work hard. I can pursue great things. And as I honor all of these different facets of, God, of God's good design for my body, it increases my window of tolerance. I think that's the thing that we have to know. To bring it back to the very beginning with the holidays, and um, you know, the window of tolerance conversation, is that we shame ourselves in certain seasons of having a smaller capacity due to the circumstances that we're navigating. But instead of shaming ourselves or turning it into blame and pointing our anger and our attention inward, what if instead we pointed inward with care and generosity? and gentleness to ask the question what do i need that god has designed me to need that i am not prioritizing in this season and what would it look like to care for those things and as i care for those things how would it change the way that i show up in my regular everyday life i prop i promise you that if you take this really serious After a lifetime of walking with God and honoring these things and practicing these things, not just Sabbath, but all the ins and outs of your spiritual formation, existence, your sanctification process as a believer, that the things that used to trigger you and stress you out and send you into a spiral, spiraling downward mode will not do the same things to you as you mature. This is what it actually means, to put it in biblical sense, when it says, let perseverance have its full work in you so that you could be made mature and complete and lacking nothing. This is the psychological terminology of it in saying that as you navigate stressful situations and you learn how to overcome these things, honor your body, glorify God and worship him in all of the various ways he's designed you to worship him. Worshipping him by resting. Worshipping him with intimacy with your husband. Worshipping him with a nourishing meal. Worshipping him by laying down work. Worshipping him by by meditative prayer and breathing and creativity. These are all forms of worship. This is your life. Life is worship. As you worship God in all of the ways that he has designed you to worship him. You will be made mature and complete and lacking nothing. And your default will not be shaming yourself or being angry or turning it into a blame game, but instead it will be aligning back to the good design that God has authored and created you from the very beginning to bring you back to the garden, back to intimacy, back to unity in your mind and your heart and your body and your soul. So as you enter into this holiday season, go into it with care. Go into it with curiosity. Go into it with God. And just see how that changes the way that you approach things, the way that you feel, whether this is already a very joyful season for you and it's easy to feel the joy, wonderful, you're going to feel even more joy. If you're like me where you get stressed out and triggered really easily around this time of year it'll create some more awareness it'll help you navigate it for next time and it'll grow you closer and more dependent on our good God who has designed us for good works that glorify God that bring goodness to the world around us and he's given us a good body to accomplish these good works with let's honor it as we honor him I love you guys Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you have a second, leave a review or post a comment here on the podcast page. It helps this podcast to be seen by other people so we can spread this message far and wide. I cannot wait until next week and I'll talk to you soon.